Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. As Jane has said, I'm Kate and I'm married to Paul and he's uh, an amazing man of God and a wonderful husband and a fantastic father and an awesome son. Isn't that right, Mum? I've also got an amazing mother-in-law who is with you in this congregation, who some of you know and love, and I thank you for that. But Paul and I first went to faith camp 30 years ago, uh, and then went to Roffey in 1998, and then stayed on team here for 10 years before we were called to go up to Scarborough to lead the church there. And just to give some of you a little bit of background, because I know so many of you don't know me, we... uh, We have two sons, uh, Tom, who lives in London, and Dan, who is with us in Scarborough. And Dan is married to an amazing woman of God, Gemma, my daughter-in-law, who... I just want to honor you, Gemma. You are such an inspiration to me. As a mom, as a wife, as a a daughter-in-law, but mostly as a daughter of the living God. And how you communicate, not just with words, but with your whole life, the Father God's heart for people. So I'm blessed. We've been really blessed in Scarborough. And I've got a photo to show you to show, oh, there they are, to show you how blessed Dan is. Some of you will remember Dan from 10 years ago as a spotty teenager. The boy's done good. The boy's done good. We have the most amazing uh, Elizabeth, super energetic Elizabeth, who's six. Uh, super sweetie Sam, she's three. I, I tell her she's a poppet, but she tells me, no, nanny, I'm a sweetie. So she's the sweetie. And then we have Rue, who's got just a killer smile, and that's going to get him out of so much trouble when he's older. It's going to be awesome to see. So, yeah, we are blessed. Yeah, there he is. We love flat caps in Yorkshire. Some things are good. So, yeah. I'm blessed, and moving to Scarborough has been really good for us as a family. Um, I know some of you don't know Scarborough, so I've actually got some photos of Scarborough so you can see it, because I do appreciate you think we live with dark satanic mills and all that sort of business up north. Um, But actually, that's one of our beaches. We have another beach over the other side. Um, Keep them going, Luke. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. My house is actually in that picture. So uh, that's why I like showing that one. So, yeah. Um, I just want to say, so do please pray for Pete and Sally and Grace and Billy as they move north and they've got the call of God on them to move north. Because, you know, it's rough. It's rough having the call of God to go to a place like that. Okay. So, yeah, keep them in your prayers, please. But all joking apart, we love our town. We think... We know God has called us there. We know God has planted us there, and we love our town. Fifteen years ago, we were in a meeting, and the speaker challenged the leaders, the church leaders in the meeting, and said, would your town notice if your church closed tomorrow? And Paul turned to me, and he said, if we ever lead a church, I don't want the town just to notice that we've closed. I want the town to be upset and cross that we've closed. And by the grace of God, that, that is almost the position we're living in. Our, our church is central in the center of Scarborough. It's open six days a week. We put on 
all the activities and clubs that I know you guys do too. It's also a coffee shop, so it's open um, all day. And mums coming in uh, and use it. And, and yeah, we're just a missional church and the town comes to us. And that's how we like it. So Pastor Clive very kindly asked me to come and share and tell you some of our stories, some of our recent story, how we've been living, what, what God's been up to to you. And, and though I'm going to talk about us, I really want to glorify him. I don't want to glorify us in any way. But knowing that we're family... We're extended family. Some of what we've been going through, maybe some of you have been going through. And that as I share, I just pray that God will drop the nuggets of gold into your life that you need to hear this morning. So, this is a year of breakthrough. We heard Pastor Clive say it on the notices. This is a year of breakthrough and breakout. This is a year to submit to God to resist the enemy, and he will flee. But it's a year to submit and submit and submit and submit and resist, resist, resist. It's a year to start living in the truth of Hebrews 10. So with confidence, we enter that holy place. By the blood of Jesus, that new and living way. Jesus is the way, the new and living way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And he calls us to live in that fullness of life. We've been living through some really difficult times recently, some really challenging times. And God's been teaching us how to be persistent in prayer and in thanksgiving and in worship. We've seen some great answers to prayer but there's still difficult situations we're walking through. We've, got, we've had very serious financial issues. We've had members of our body walking through serious disease and illnesses. We've had domestic abuse. We've had marriage breakdowns. We've had teenagers leaving home in the wrong way. And I've got another picture of you, uh, for you, for Scarborough, to show you what it has felt like recently. This is Scarborough Harbour. Uh, You can see the uh, lighthouse there and and the harbour and just the North Sea pounding it. The the media called it the beast from the east. I know you had it down here too. Uh, But Scarborough, Scarborough was crashed by the North Sea. And it's a real good picture to show what it's been feeling like for us as the enemy has attacked us again and again in wave after wave. And God has shown us that our circumstances aren't all right. But he's teaching us to get our stance right. He's getting us to position ourselves right. And there's a position and a stance that God gives us that can stand firm. We have an anchor. And it's sure and firm. And we can hang on to that. Looking back at the picture, it's interesting to see the boats. And all the boats actually held firm, apart from one that slipped its anchor. And we were watching from Paul's office because we overlooked the harbour. And uh, this, one, this one boat had slipped its anchor, and it was just moving around the harbour, crashing into other boats. 
And that's kind of a picture sometimes of us when we lose our hope. How we can go and hurt and damage one another. So we need to hold firm onto that anchor and not be rocked. We're standing on the rock. We're we're not living between a rock and a hard place. We're standing on the rock and he's put the enemy under our feet. Romans 16.20 says, And before you know it, the God of peace will come down on Satan with both feet, stomping him into the dirt. Enjoy the best of Jesus. Now that's a picture to enjoy. That's a picture to know that the God of peace is coming. The God of peace is coming and he's going to be stomping on Satan with both feet. So we're not stumbling along. Things have been tricky, but we're not stumbling along in darkness. We know we have the light with us. We have the way and we have the light. And we're walking in that way and that light. So within the storm, there's huge expectancy growing in our congregation and in our body. Verses we've been living with, which I know you've been living with too, is uh, 2 Samuel 5, with David and the army going against the Philistines. And it says in verse 17, When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel. There's a lot of anointed people in this room. There's a lot of anointed people in the body in Worthing and Crawley and Burgess Hill. And who's heard about it? The enemy's heard about it. Why are we surprised when the enemy comes against us? He's heard. He's heard of the anointing on your life, and that worries him. That worries him when he hears about the anointing on your life and the anointing that's on this body. He doesn't like the sound of it, so he comes against us. The story carries on. When he'd heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. So David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? And the Lord answered him, Go, for I will surely deliver the Philistines into your hands. So David went to Baal-perazim, and there he defeated them. And he said, As waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So that place was called Baal-perazim, and the Philistines abandoned their idols there, and David and his men carried them off. Now, in our situation, we inquired of God. And God told us, it's not that you lack faith in my provision, which was really encouraging. It wasn't, he said, it's not that you don't trust in my provision, but the enemy has been stealing from you. And we're family, so it may be that that's what the enemy's been doing with some of you. in your life, stealing salvation from those you love or that you're meeting or healing and health or provision or just promises and dreams that you've got. In verse 22, it says, once more the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephraim. Once more they come again. Why are we always shocked as Christians that we stand against something that the enemy's doing then suddenly he's back? 
doing the same thing. The enemy never plays fair. He's like those waves. He just keeps on coming. And the Hebrew for that, for the valley of Ephraim, means that the enemy was spread out all over the valley in terms of attacking that village there and attacking that village there, picking that person off, picking that person off, stealing and pillaging. And God showed us that actually the enemy had been stealing some things so quietly, so sort of stealthily from us, some dreams, some promises that he'd given us, that actually we'd let them go without even realizing. They'd just been dropped in tiredness or forgetfulness. Or maybe in lack of expectation or, or lack of faith, but he'd almost been stealing quietly and we didn't realize. God spoke to me a couple of weeks ago and gave me this verse for our church. It was from Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. Sow for yourself righteousness, reap the fruit of unfailing love, and break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness on you. A verse many of you will know. And I prayed and I asked God, God, what are you saying to us as a church body through that? And he unpacked it a little bit. And he said this, make it your responsibility to cultivate and incubate the potential of the word that has been planted within you by living in the right way, by positioning yourself correctly. Let the dreams you've set aside and neglected and the promises that have laid dormant and unseen within you break out into his light once again, believing and speaking them out in faith. Now is the time to inquire. Now is the time to pursue. Now is the time to worship in spirit and in truth. And as you seek him, be certain your God is advancing. He is coming to rain down his gifts. His delight is to shower you with himself, his way, his life in all its fullness. So we were reminded that it's our responsibility to cultivate what God has given us by not living sloppily and in a sloppy way, but by cultivating it, realizing the preciousness of what God has given us to see it grow and flourish and picking up those set-aside things. There may be some of you that had words spoken over you months ago, years ago even, and they've just been set aside. They've just been slightly neglected, may have been just forgotten about. The enemies just come in quietly and slip them away. Now is the time to inquire of the Lord. Now is the time to pursue the Lord, to go back, to pick up those dreams, to pick up those promises and see them flourish. Because God is breaking out. But did you notice God used David? And God used his army to break out. And God is going to use you to break out over this region, over this town. You're the ones that are going to break out. And you're the ones that he's going to break out through. Going back to 2 Samuel, it carries on. Verse 23. So David inquired of the Lord and he answered, 
Do not go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them from in front of the poplar trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, move quickly, because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Giza. So David inquired once again, and God gave him a different plan. And that's a good thing to know. We don't just go with what's gone before. We don't just do what we've always done. We inquire of the Lord daily. And God told David to listen for a sound. Wait till you hear a sound and then move. And that's the thing I've been carrying this year. Because there's a different sound in our church body now. With living with the the waves of attack that seem to be coming against us and uh, uh, upon people in our congregation. There's become, there's become a militancy. There's a militancy in our worship and a militancy in our prayer. It's faith-filled. It's on the front foot. It's expectant. It's saying, I'm ready for this. I'm up for this. Come on, we can do this together. Look at the one we're serving. Look at the one whose anchor we're holding tight to. Look at the one who's positioned us in the right place and given us the right stance. We're here for him. And we're seeing the enemy routed. Gibeon from Giza is like 35 miles. And we don't want to just see the enemy off, off the battlefield. We want to be running at him. We want to be saying, how dare you? How dare you, you uncircumcised Philistine, come against the army of the living God? How dare you? How dare you? I might only have a stone, but I'm cutting your head off because I'm partnering with the living God. I'm positioned in the living God. I'm in the harbor of the living God. And your waves might come against me and you might have a big voice shouting, but I've got a stone. I've got a stone and I'm cutting off your head. So, yeah, there's a real different sound within our congregation in the prayer, in the prayer and coming out of the people. And it's loud and it's passionate. And, yeah, it's noisy. It's noisy. But we're seeing victory released. When we inquired of the Lord what we should do, he told us to worship his strategy for us against the enemy's plans and purposes against us was worship. So we went back to what Sally and Paul taught J27 18 years ago. The worship words that I know you know. We looked at the Hebrew worship words. We, uh, we dug into them. We had a different word each week. And we just reminded ourselves what it was to worship. The different ways of worshiping. All the different ways that God calls us to worship him. And that built faith. And that built a noise. And that built a sound. So there's been a battering, but there's been a real militant faith rising too. So Elizabeth, our six-year-old granddaughter, came to church in March. Um, Her mum actually wasn't there because her brother and sister had chickenpox. And Elizabeth herself wasn't well. Uh, She'd had a bad cough. And um, mum said, hey, shall we have a duvet day? Shall we watch some Disney? Shall we just snuggle up? 
And she's like, no, mom, no, mommy, I need to go to church. That's where I'll get healed, mommy. But when she came in, she came and saw her granddad and she said, granddad, God's told me something to say to the church. So he said, fine. Her dad didn't know, Jem didn't know. So she goes up in the church and she takes the microphone and and says so confidently, so boldly, church, now is the time to fight the devil. And there wasn't a polite clap. There wasn't a, oh, that's sweet. Or, you know, how nice. But there was a roar of faith came from the congregation. There was a roar of approval that came from the congregation because we knew God was telling us, even through the children, what we needed to do. In the year 2000, Paul stood about here. And Jonathan Davis was here. And he prophesied over Paul that children would prophesy to the church. And that would mean a new season was coming and a new breakthrough was coming. Paul just didn't realize at the time it would be his granddaughter that did it. So, yeah, we knew. Even the children were telling us, enough's enough. We're drawing a line in the sand and we're saying no more. We're not having things stolen anymore. We're standing against it and we're seeing God's plans and purposes. You know, the devil needs to be under our feet. He shouldn't be around sneaking around any valleys. He shouldn't be picking off any people at the sides or attacking and pillaging any, any villages. So then... I'm not even sure if it was the same Sunday. It might have been that that Sunday or the Sunday after. But Paul stood up and read an email from from Claire Daniels, uh, who works in our finance team and is part of our finance prayer team. And, and, uh, And they've been carrying a huge burden because basically for the last, well, since November, it's been a miracle that we've paid the bills and, and paid staff. It was touch and go in January that we might even close uh, if you looked at the bank, bank balance. Um, and so she, she wrote an email to Paul to just keep him informed how things were. And basically it said, Dear Mother Hubbard. <laughs> she was politer than that. She did write Dear Pastor Paul. But basically, yeah, uh, the cupboard's bare. The cupboard's bare. But then she wrote how the finance prayer team knew what God they served. They knew whose anchor they were holding on to. They knew where they'd been positioned. And they weren't just crying out for finances and provision for the, for the church, but they were crying out for uh, salvations, for healing, for promises restored, for extraordinary miracles to be released. And yeah, through reading an email, again, the church exploded. People stood up, screaming, shouting, cheering, just for an email, because they could see the faith that the enemy was coming in against us one way, but he was going to have to flee before us in seven ways. The following Tuesday, Richard Harnell, our wonderful finance director, who's carried such a burden and been so faithful and shown such faith, said to me, Kate, I'm going over to see the bank. We have quite a good relationship with our bank. It's opposite. Um, but we had between 200 and 300 pounds in our account. 
And he just wanted to touch base with them to say, yeah, we, we know. Because <laughs> they obviously knew, looking at their computer screens. He's like, but God's going to turn this round. And he went over and he saw the bank. And by the Friday, we had £28,000 in our bank account. God can come through. The enemy can be routed when you have your position right and your stance right and you know whose anchor you're holding on to. So, yeah, we're hearing a new sound. You know, we love, or we all love hearing about miracles. But I don't think we all love having to need one. I know I didn't. Pastor Helena spoke yesterday about the pain of the cross, but then about the pain of the grave. And I thought, yeah, when you're in that position where you need a miracle, it is, it's like being in the grave. You don't know how long you're going to be there. But then know that resurrection is coming. So some of you, maybe you're waiting for a miracle. Maybe some of you feel like you're in a grave at the moment that you're waiting for something, but it's coming. It's coming. Keep believing. Keep knowing that it's there. So, yeah, we've been, listening, been living through a testing time, and we all love tests, don't we? But they're great to share a testimony after it. But through this testing, through this grave time, God has been teaching us a new sound. He's been teaching us a cry. He's been teaching us a roar of faith. It started for me last May when Paul Manwaring was at our conference and he challenged us. What if you started to believe that it could be your cry that could make the difference? What if you started to believe that God was waiting to hear you cry out for your town, for your village, for your community? He challenged us. What if God has been waiting for a generation who would cry out for a North Yorkshire seaside town to see him released and to see the breakthrough? What about if you started to believe that your cry could make that difference? That was a challenge. And then we went to faith camp and we heard that extraordinary message from Miss Karen Wheaton about pray until. Such a message of perseverance, such a message of believing and standing firm and being in that grave for so many months that she was, waiting to see that miracle. And that challenged us and that caught our imagination. And we wanted to pray until to see God move. And we came back and we have a week of prayer and fasting in September and we came back and God gave us two particular scriptures for that week. One was Isaiah 62, 1, where he says, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake I will not remain quiet till her righteousness shines out like a dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. And this gave us great impetus to not remain silent. For Zion's sake, for your town's sake, for your neighborhood's sake, for your community's sake, don't remain silent. Don't stay quiet. Find your voice. Find your cry. And the other one was Luke 11. 
where Jesus was teaching on prayer. And straight after the disciples ask him, teach us to pray, Lord. And he, he teaches them the Lord prayer. He goes on and he tells this story. And it's a story of prayer. Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a long journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children are in bed. I can't get up to give you anything. But I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So we caught hold of that. We decided we were going to pray shamelessly, audaciously, courageously, boldly, cheekily even. We were going to pray and we were going to release a cry and we were going to see God's victory come. Because God loves to break out through sound. God loves to break out after a shout of victory. All through the Bible, there's stories of that. Right back in Genesis, right back in the beginning, God didn't remain quiet. He shouted out. He shouted, let there be light. And a noise came and a shout came and then light was released. But the shout came before the release. Another time, people shouted. It was outside Jericho, marching round with Joshua. And God's plan was shout, release a cry, release a roar. Release it and see the walls come down. There may be a roar inside each one of you, from the, from the loudest to the quietest to the most introspectful person. There's a roar inside you that needs to be released because walls are going to come down, not just in your life, but in the lives of those you love and in your church body here. You're going to see victory from that cry. Gideon and his 300 shouting a sword for the Lord and for Gideon and smashing his jars. And then the enemies rushed around and killed one another just from a shout, just from a declaration. You've got declarations within you that need to be released. As we heard from David earlier, listening to hear that sound before the army went and God brought the victory waiting for the noise in the the balsam trees. Then he saw what God did, and he saw the enemy routed 35 miles. Elijah, on the Mount of Carmel, he heard the sound of rain. He heard the sound of rain. So he went and he prayed audaciously. He went and he prayed seven times. You know the story. He went and he prayed seven times, sent his servant back seven times as he prayed audaciously, as he prayed passionately because he'd heard a sound and he knew it was coming. The drought was going to be broken. He heard the sound, but he had to pray for it to see it released, to see the breakthrough. He prayed. He prayed undignifiedly. When you read it, it, it almost sounds like he was squatting like a, a woman in childbirth. He didn't care about his dignity. He'd heard a sound. 
He'd heard a sound and he was going to pray to see that release. Deliverance was on its way. So what are you believing for? What are you believing for? What promises has God spoken over you, individually and corporately, that needs to be released? It might just be that he's waiting for you to cry out for it. He's waiting for you to roar. Waiting for that shout of victory. Nehemiah, on his wall, commanded the people in Nehemiah 4, verse 20. Whatever, whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. The sound of the trumpet, the sound of victory comes before victory, before God proceeds to that victory. And God is contending with those who contend with us. On the day of Pentecost, there was a sound from heaven and a sound was released from the disciples in the upper room and 3,000 were added to the church. There was a sound. There was a sound. What sound are you making? What sound are you releasing? What sound does your town need to hear? What sound does Kingdom Faith Horsham need to release to see God break out even more than he is and to break into things that he needs to? Are you ready for that battle? Do you know that sound? Do you know what it sounds like with all the other sounds that are going on in our lives? All the other things that are going on in our lives. In Corinthians, it says, if the trumpet call can't be distinguished, will anyone show up for battle? Can you distinguish your specific cry? God will have a cry on this household. He'll have a cry on the households of the visitors here today. He gives us all individual cries, and he asks us just to do our part. We're asked to walk worthy in the calling we have received, not in what others have received. You've all received a calling to walk in. Just walk in your calling, release your sound, release your cry. There's a victory within you that needs to be released. There might be some little changes that God needs to do. Just some little realignments. Inquire, find out from him. What little realignments do I need to make, God? How can I align myself to your will and purposes more? How can I align myself and position myself and get my stance right so I'm hearing from you and I'm inquiring from you and I'm releasing the right cry? God's so happy to tell you, so happy to tell you. Little things can make the difference. You know, one degree of change in temperature changes water into ice or water into steam. Just a little change can make all the difference. And one person standing up, one person crying out, one person with a roar of faith will make the difference. Rosa Parks, the American civil rights activist, said, The world is changed by the smallest of things. Balance of power changed by one defiant act. One gutsy act, one bold act, one audacious act, one courageous act can change our world. How are we defying the enemy? What cry are we, are we releasing? What does it look like in our lives? What does it sound like in our lives? Find it and release it.
one bold act, one audacious act, one courageous act, one defiant act can change the world. Let's stand up and let's ask God. Let's ask God to show us our cry. Eliza was one of David's mighty men. And it said, he was one of the three mighty men and he was with David. And the Philistines had gathered against them and the men of Israel retreated, but he stood his ground. He stood his ground and he struck down the Philistines until his hand grew tired and frozen to his sword. And the Lord brought about a great victory that day. The balance of power was changed by one man standing his ground. The balance of power can be changed in Horsham and in West Sussex by one man, one congregation standing their ground, holding on to their swords, holding on to their anchor, knowing their position and wielding it with faith. Next to him, Shema, was another mighty man. And it says, when Israel's troops fled, but Shema took his stand in the middle of his lentil field. All joking apart about Scarborough. We know that actually Scarborough isn't the centre of the universe. We know actually that we're a long way from you and it's not just that you're a long way from us. But it's our lentil field. It's the lentil field God has given us. So we're going to speak good over it. We're going to declare good over it. And for the same for you, for where you're living, it's your lentil field. Other people might look at it and say, what, that? That's nothing special. It is. It's where God has placed you, and it's your lentil field. And you need to find the cry, the shout of victory, the roar for your lentil field. So let's start crying out right now for your lentil field, from where you're from. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What if you were the tipping point? What if you actually believed that it was your cry that would be the tipping point? Your cry that would be the tipping point. Thank you, Father. Give us a cry, Lord. 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 We cry out, Lord, to see your kingdom come, your will be done, to see your purposes worked out. We cry out, Lord. 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 We lease the sound. We lease the sound. Let us be that tipping point. Let us be that tipping point, Lord. Give us a war of faith. Give us a war of faith, Lord. Give us the war of faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. A war of faith. A war of faith, Lord. Come, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Give us that cry, Lord. 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 Thank you, 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 Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The God of peace, the God of peace is coming. And he's stomping. He's stomping. He's stomping. But you know, he's the head and we're the body. We're his mouthpiece. He's chosen to co-labor with us. He's chosen us to be his mouthpiece. He's chosen to work with us. We are his hands, his feet. And sometimes we're his stomping. So yeah, dare to cry out. Dare to cry out for your street, for your family, for your town, for your village, for your region. We need to see God break out. Break out over this country. Break out over Europe. Break out over the world. Find your sound and release it. Father, thank you. Father, I thank you. Thank you that you've given each one of us a cry. Thank you, Father, that we're battling from that place of victory. Thank you that you've chosen to partner with each one of us. Thank you that we are your bride. And you've chosen to work through us. Thank you that as we submit to you and we resist the enemy, he will flee. He will flee. 35 miles and we're still coming. 35 miles and keep your running shoes on because we're chasing you and we're still coming. Father, help us to stay focused on you, but resisting the enemy. Thank you that you show each one of us our cry, our shout of victory, our roar of faith. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you that you will show and highlight to each one of us what the enemy has stolen from us, what we have let go of, any dreams, any promises that have just been set aside, Father. I thank you that now is the time to inquire of you. Now is the time to pursue you. Now is the time to worship you in spirit and truth and pick them up. We pick up those dreams. We pick up those promises. We pick up that health. We pick up that salvation. We pick up extraordinary miracles. We pick up your resources and we want to choose to live in the good of what you've done to us. So we really could be a people who could say, as the waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. Father, give us our bioparazim. Give us our breakout. Give us our breakthrough individually and corporately, by your grace, through your mercy, through your love. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com. 